0: I think I'd just like to say how amazing it is to be up here for once and look out and see all of your faces it's really beautiful Um, today I will be reading a prayer from illumination that holds a very special place in my heart a person who I was never able to meet wrote it in an old worn book that I was fortunate to be able to look at my grandfather Reverend Dr. Harold Reagan Almighty God Everlasting Father, who has awakened us to the light of another day, dispel, we beseech thee, every cloud from our minds, and lift our hearts' very burden of care, that with joyful spirit we may seek thy face through Jesus Christ thy Son. Amen. The Old Testament reading today comes from Psalms chapter 145, verses 3 through 7 in the Holy Bible. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts, of the glorious splendor of thy majesty. In all of thy wor- wondrous works I will meditate. Men shall proclaim the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of thy abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Our New Testament scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 to 19 and I really didn't know what scripture to go with or what even to say today Uh, but this is actually the scripture for the lectionary. As it falls on this day where we recognize the saints who have gone before us. And, and truth be told, this just fits providentially into what I would hope my heart could convey uh, in these next moments. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints and for this reason... I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what it is, what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. According to the working of his great power. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A few weeks ago, I visited with Marjorie and Ed Adams on their 75th wedding anniversary. As many of you know, Ed has been a lifelong member and grew up in this church. Marjorie grew up next door at First English Lutheran and then joined Grace Covenant once they were married. What do you remember about the day? I asked them. Bobby, at our age, you don't remember much. Marjorie then interrupts. Ed! We were just talking about the fact that actually we do remember a lot from that day, mainly because so much went wrong. Wrong? What do you mean? She tells me how the whole thing really came together in an incredibly short amount of time. Just two weeks prior to the wedding date in 1944, Ed finds out that the, uh, the military is going to give him three days' leave from the war. And so Ed calls Marjorie and they set the date for the wedding on the phone. Two weeks ahead. In that span of two weeks, Marjorie had a place on Broad Street to rush and make all the dresses and and get all the details together. She then starts in about the day itself by talking about the architecture of First English Lutheran. Apparently it is something of a convoluted maze behind that sanctuary. And the path that the groom and the groomsmen are supposed to take into the sanctuary, it's, again, not easy to figure out ...to find the door. And because of that, Ed and his father were lost... ...in the back channels of First English Lutheran... ...minutes before the beginning of the service. There was a heightened stress... ...at the outset of this most holy occasion. The service happens. reception happens. And I don't remember this detail exactly... ...but there's some kind of hiccup with the car... ...that was supposed to take Ed's father... ...and ended up just leaving him... ...stranded and forgotten for a little bit... ...at the church after all was said and done. Meanwhile, Ed and Marjorie, they're driven over to the Jefferson Hotel where a reputable travel agency has secured their room reservation. Except when they arrive to the counter, the folks at the Jefferson have no record of a Mr. and Mrs. Edward R. Adams staying the night. It takes them no small amount of finagling to make the Jefferson find them a room. The next day, the Adams were to head out to their one-day-and-one-night honeymoon at the homestead, only to discover they couldn't take Ed's family car as planned. Because of the war, the gas rationing meant Richmond had no gas available that day. Plan B, they took the train and they arrive at the homestead. And it's there that they snap this wonderful picture that is displayed in their home at Westminster Canterbury and was on the the, the kitchen table when I visited that day. She is beautiful and elegant. He's handsome in that naval uniform. They're standing on an unfinished dirt road. They're holding hands side by side with the Virginia countryside in the background. They're smiling with an obvious love and joy, but it's their eyes. Even at that tender age, their eyes that carry such strength and wisdom in the photo. They're actually not looking directly at the camera, but rather past it. It's almost like they're peering into the future together. Did they have any inkling That this covenant of marriage would be for 75 plus years? Could they have possibly glimpsed even some of the joys and beauty or heartaches or challenges they would encounter? Could they have any semblance of what was in store in the coming decades for this nation? Could they peer toward the journey Grace Covenant would take over the course of the next eight decades? Of course, they could not, but I love that they could look back on their wedding day and all the things that almost went wrong or did not go according to plan and still know vows held, hands clasped, joy steadfast, and eyes fixed. It's a perfectly imperfect story of God's faithfulness to anchor them through the years. When scripture calls us time and again to remember the mighty deeds of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, part of what is invited is that the people of God recall the times of deep imperfection, the darkness, the pain, the wrong, the need, the times when things did not go as planned. And there, precisely there, remember the Lord your God who was faithful. Remember the Lord your God who took you from... Slavery in Egypt and parted the seas unto freedom. Remember the Lord your God, the creator who who took the darkness and chaos and fashioned beauty and order. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That by way of body broken. Forgiveness. And eternal life. Biblical remembering always recalls the deep imperfections and God's redemption therein. And of course then today we have Paul. I I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. and, And for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers And given that Paul himself is deeply rooted in a scripture-saturated way of remembering... ...I have no doubt that when Paul remembers the church at Ephesus... ...and their great faith in Jesus and their love toward one another... ...what he is remembering is not a bunch of perfect people... ...and perfect relationships in ideal situations where things largely go as planned. Paul is remembering and giving thanks for imperfect people and far from ideal situations, and yet by grace, God's spirit through the church is showing up in faith and love. I remember. I remember one of the number of times we have known some sort of water leak in this sanctuary. This particular leak had left a pool of water right by Charles Sutton's wheelchair spot. Cal Gray comes up with a towel, he kneels down, he begins wiping the water, and as I know I've shared previously in a sermon, I, I shared even at Charles's memorial service last year, just as, as Cal kneels down to begin wiping, Charles pipes out without missing a beat, oh good, now they won't think it was me. <laughs> Charles's humor forever stands out in my remembrance, but the other thing, that stands out in my memory, is the moment of Cal Gray quietly kneeling down in servant love to address the problem that had arisen the worst of times, Sunday worship. I also remember June 21st, 2015. That Sunday, it wasn't a leak. The power went out. There was no heat, or no AC, and the heat of the summer was in full intensity. On top of that, four days earlier, there had been a massacre at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Those were heavy, trying days. And I think all of our hearts ached to worship the living God and mourn and pray and and, and receive good news. And I remember how the fact that we didn't have power meant also that the elevator didn't work immediately affecting some of our congregants for whom the steps would prove precarious or near impossible. And as I'm heading down this side hallway uh, around the corner to meet Chris Martin in the choir room just before the service of worship, I remember watching Jake Savage at these back steps. He's standing alongside a couple of our more senior members as those members are holding the, the railing on one side of the stairs and then holding Jake on the other. And Jake is basically carrying these members up the steps that they might worship. And then I remember how the lack of power meant no organ and no microphones. So you all moved to the front pews. Chris played piano. I tried to project from the floor. And even in this grand sanctuary, we held something of an intimate service during which we worshipped in the company of all the saints of Richmond and Charleston. And all eternity. And I remember as I shook hands. How not one single person left that morning without significant sweat. And not one person left regretting for a moment the opportunity to worship on that day. I remember how powerless we felt. How powerless we were. And how much power we received therein. I also remember that wintertime service about a year or so ago when the heat was out in the sanctuary. And it was cold, and you all, you all had just enough dance notice to come in your winter coats and your, and your hats, and even still, it was frigid. And I remember just before I walked in the sanctuary, I see so- Susan Bowes coming down the hall. I don't know it's her at first, because there's, there's just a stack of blankets in front of her. She'd heard about the heat heat issue earlier before she left for church and and so she turns her home upside down looking for any spare fleece, blankets. She brings them with her and begins handing them out most especially to some of our most senior members. I remember the cold. Most especially I remember the profound warmth known therein. Now I remember the first Easter sunrise service we had out on that terrace. And that Easter morning was cold too. Quite impromptu, Jim McCullough shows up with a fire pit from his own house to keep worshipers warm at the back of the service. I remember early fall 2017 when when news of the rally at Lee Monument was first announced just a couple weeks after Charlottesville. and, And I remember this church amidst the unknown and the angst partnering with seven others to offer a service of prayer during that rally. I remember the heightened angst and discord we've known around race in our country in these recent years. And I remember in the midst of all that, the historical African American church next door coming to us and asking if we would want to do a service of worship with them. I remember for as exciting as, and as beautiful a city as Richmond is, there are also significant pockets of food deserts where there's not easy or good access to fresh produce. And, and I remember how month after month these past six years congregants from Grace Covenant have shown up on Saturdays at Shalom Farms to kneel down and plant and pull and dig and tend that fresh produce might be harvested and made available in those deserts. I remember dozens of moments in hospitals and homes where sickness and death did their absolute worst. I remember the tears and the heartache and the loss. And I remember being absolutely stunned by the presence of you all in the midst of that. The amount of congregants who show up to sit and chat and pray alongside the ailing and the hurting, the amount of congregants who would show up alongside a grieving family at their doorstep or at the viewing, your love for one another, do not take it for granted, it is genuinely beautiful. And most especially, it really never ceases to humble and amaze me how many in this congregation show up time and again for memorial services of fellow congregants. That you might show forth your love to the family and and that you yourselves might remember afresh the good news that though death, death has done its worst in Jesus Christ, life and love prevail. And then certainly I remember. I remember the emptiness of the almost nursery in our house when we thought we had secured an adoption of a baby girl in September 2015, and it fell through. And I remember how Tom Miller took me to lunch, and and he said, "Bobby, God will do this. We, Grace Covenant, we're we're praying in faith for you all to know the gift of parenthood." And not more than a month later, very much amid our ache and. And your constant prayers of faith and love. God saw fit to give us Leo and most truly give Leo a family much larger than just the two of us. And so I very much join my heart to Paul's words, except I've not only heard of, I have seen your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for all of the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks when I remember you. Not true. Like Ed, I acknowledge that as the years pass, it gets harder to remember nearly as much. The details always get fuzzy, but also like Ed and Marjorie, I very much hope and pray that it is not so much the moments that were perfectly planned and went just as we hoped, but instead what is remembered foremost are the moments when it didn't go as it was planned or hoped. The moments when the water leaked, the power failed, or the air was frigid. The times when there was real hurt or angst or injustice, the seasons of loss, the seasons of longing and how precisely in those moments those times and seasons more did God's grace abound is this not our most central story that we remember that in the darkness of death on the cross resurrection these are the kind of stories i long To remember. And as you stand along this unfinished road, hand in hand, side by side, I pray that you as well might remember, most especially, the perfectly imperfect stories of this church and your life. There is such encouragement and strength to be known in those stories, the gospel stories. And I pray not just for the manner of your remembering in the coming days, but I also pray for your eyes as they situate on what is before you. Because when I think of the Adam standing there before that unknown journey, I continue to be amazed by the strength and wisdom in their eyes in 1944. Where did they get that kind of gaze? To look out upon the unknown future perhaps their churches had already bathed them in a couple decades of paul's prayer from ephesians chapter one because the truth is it is the church's eyes that paul begins praying for immediately after remembering their faith and their love with thanks and so i invite you to receive this prayer over your eyes this morning as you look unto the unknown road. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? May the Holy Spirit regularly renew your soul by rekindling the memories of where God's grace abounded still more. And may that same Holy Spirit enlighten your eyes that you may receive and see for yourselves God's immeasurable and resurrection power at work right now in this broken, imperfect world, in this broken, imperfect church, now and forevermore. Thanks be to God. Amen.